Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com. And I'm here in the studio today with Amy Ostan, SelfishMom.com. Hello. Hey, Amy. And Andrea Smith, tech guru extraordinaire. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, we are here today in our rainy New York studio, although it's not raining in here. Yeah. It's still it's breaking so gray in our outside. Outside. It's gray. It's gross. Traffic's awful. It's Traffic's <laughs> awful, but it beats snow, which is probably right around the corner. Well, I'd rather deal with snow. Really? Yeah. I, I grew up in Buffalo. I'm used to snow. I don't That's like rain. True. Rain is gray and sad. But in the studio, it's nice and sunny. And we are going to tackle some really um, not happy, well, one of them is faux happy topics today. <laughs> Our first topic today is based on an article in the Huffington Post last week called Being Left Out Hurts, Moms Stop Social Engineering, which oh. is all about <laughs> when we talk about mean girls, what's really behind mean girls, which is usually mean moms. And our second topic today is going to be kids bop. If you're a parent, you know oh, exactly. Oh, we had every CD. <laughs> oh, so oh, starting sorry. with cassettes. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to be talking about Kids Bop. So if you're in the car, chances are you're listening to this instead of Kids Bop. Um, we're going to tackle Kids Bop today. And then we are going to have our Bites of the Week. So let's jump right in and start with Being Left Out Hurts. This was written by Lisa Barr. Um, she has a site called Gorilla Warfare, like girl instead of gorilla. So it's girlilla, girlilla, <laughs> girlilla warfare, G-I-R-L-I-L-L-A warfare.com. And I think she said she started this based on middle school war stories, which everybody has. Um, but she started the article talking about this disturbing story that she had heard from her friend. So her friend had dropped her daughter off um, at the camp bus going to an overnight camp in the Midwest and one mom somehow got on the bus which boy my daughter's camp they don't let you on that bus Hmm. but okay this mom got on the bus and roped off literally like literally with rope literally with rope or probably tape tape or something or maybe even just with her hands like guarding them I don't know she said she literally roped off an entire section so for eight 11-year-old girls. So she roped off eight seats on this bus and stayed on until all eight girls boarded and sat in their designated seats. Turning away people. Well, another girl who was a new camper, which is there anything more terrifying than being the new Mm -hmm. camper and then the new person on the bus, she got on, she was the same age group, and asked if she could join the girls, and the mom responded, not the girls, I'm sorry, it's reserved. And then she got off the bus. So... You know. I want her name. I know. Don't you want to publicly <laughs> I shame her this name woman? and completely publicly shame? I mean, how terrifying for a kid to be getting on the bus first day and be told you don't belong in this group, and not even allowing her own daughter or her friends to make that decision. Right. That's, I mean, I, she's teaching them exclusionary. Yeah, right. because school and camp and all of those places are not just for learning the things that we think of, like, you know, school things. It's for learning how to get along in the world. And if you're going on the bus and navigating, I mean, honestly, that would be almost as bad. That's like if 
the other girls, if the new girl's mom went on and asked the other kids if her daughter could sit, you know, well, that's like that's almost as daughter. bad. Right. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's it goes both but ways. Could you, you imagine the two moms getting into it? Oh, be, oh <laughs> I can. Like things like that have yeah. happened. But it, so it's 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 to learn both sides of it. It's to learn how to be a friend and how to be accepting. And it's to learn how to navigate these situations. But if the moms are the ones ruling it. So now my daughter's preschool, they had a rule. You either had to invite your whole class mm-hmm. to a birthday party or all the boys or all the girls. Yeah. But you couldn't pick, you know, six out of the ten kids. Um, and that seemed right, right? Because that is, you're in preschool, there's hurt feeling. they're little, like, and you're setting the example for That's who you can exactly, invite. exactly, that sets the example. It sets the example. Yeah. Now, when they get older in elementary school, and Amy, you're... Our children are both in public school. Yeah. We have 32 kids in a class. Right. It's really difficult to invite the whole class. Right. So what you end up usually doing is inviting a very small group. So it's like six kids. So it's not like everyone else is left out. Or you do like a party. And they still bring cupcakes to school and they do all that. Right. Yeah, amazingly, we are still allowed to bring cupcakes to school. My daughter's school didn't have a rule like that. And her class had about 35 kids. And it Anytime she started talking about inviting more than five or six, that was the tipping point for me. Because there were like 15, 16 girls in the class. And I would say, no, no, no. If you're going to go over six, you're inviting all of them. So then she would keep it to very small parties. And I think that's okay. I think less than half is okay. I think so, too. My daughter, um, you know, they went through bat mitzvah season last Mm. week. And for those of you who don't know what that is. Been there. um, So when you turn 13 and you're Jewish, you have... A celebration. I mean, first you you get up and you speak in front of temple. It's like a big deal. And then most of the time, it's like about the 90, 90% of the time is a party after. So that becomes a real status thing where kids come in on Monday wearing like the logoed sweatshirt. Oh There's always God. some swaggy giveaway. Or So a lot of schools have banned the bar and bat mitzvah t-shirts and sweatshirts from being worn because it was so Hmm. obviously a big leave out thing and everyone's showing up that they were at that party this weekend and that's really interesting to me because it's really expensive right so you're not most likely going to invite the whole grade it's like a wedding you're paying per person but then it becomes the same thing you can't invite 20 out of 22 kids and this happened with my daughters with camp because camp, you're, it's a bunk of whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. It was like, it's one thing if you invited a couple camp friends. But if you were inviting eight out of the ten girls, yeah, that's messed up. And now with Instagram, they all see it. Mm-hmm. Right? So you all see it. And so at what point, if you're the mom whose child is left out, at what point do you step in and say, oh, my God, I just, you know, you email the mom and I have done this. Like, I hate to be the one sending an email, but did, like, is there a chance, like, the invitation got lost? Right. Give them the benefit of the doubt, even though you know that it wasn't lost. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just, I hate to be sending this email, but I've got a daughter who's basically devastated Mm -hmm. um, and can, you know, like, just reach out. What does a parent say to that? I mean, it, it just... You're setting such an awful example for your kids by doing yeah. that. How do they respond? Um, in the one case, it was just a birthday party. Um, but it was the mom was like, oh, I'm really sorry. We really didn't invite very many people. Um, and that was probably true. I don't know. Um, my daughter was so devastated. It was like, in, I don't know, maybe fifth grade. 
and she was so sad because they had been at like a different birthday party whatever it was like a whole long thing but she was so sad to be left out because it felt like they the she and this girl had been good friends and then all of a sudden this girl made this decision to purposefully not invite her and i have to say i kind of thought like the mom was a jerk I kind of thought she invited, like, four or five girls, whatever. And so it wasn't a giant party where she was the only one left out. But it was sort of a weird... It was just a weird thing, because they had been... Whatever it was. Um, The camp thing, we also just uh, honestly sent an email. And I had said to my husband, I'm not sending an email. (laughs) Like, it's really a tough call on this one. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to give her the opportunity to say... Oh my god, the invitation got lost because it seems <laughs> yeah. really because it actually right. did seem really weird. Like they were really yeah. good friends yeah. and whatever, and she actually did send her the invita- an invitation. Oh, wow. hmm. oh. Um, and then so I was really happy we reached out because she was like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. um, you know, we certainly don't want her to feel that way, right. and whatever." And yes, she should come. But you know, um, it's funny because my my uh, area in the suburbs is very much like this, and I hear from my sister about my nieces, and my niece is very into softball. She has tons of friends from this softball league and travel softball and all over but one particular girl that she does everything with for softball but they're not in the same social clique so when mm. this girl had a party and my niece was not invited she was like well, wait so I'm good enough for softball but I'm not good enough to be your friend and so my sister did reach out and say so I was just wondering like what's going on and the mother said well, you know, she has a different group of friends at school, and softball's different. You understand, don't you? Uh, and my sister was like, no. How do you go explain that to her? Right? I don't know. I can kind of see it. Like, if you, if every single person is going to know each other at the party, and then there's going to be this one girl who doesn't know anybody. Yeah, that's tough. Know. Yeah, have, that's tough. But I have I'd, to say, I don't think that I would reach out in any of these situations that you're talking about. I mean, if, like, the entire class was invited and not my kid, then yeah. But if it's if it's a group and there are hurt feelings, you got to say, you know what, Fiona, it's it's time for you to realize that that's life and that sucks. And I think you should talk to your friend about it. Right. Um, And, you know, Mm -hmm. work it out. So what really boggles me about this story is that the parent. Right. This. It was the that, mom. That this is it. the, you know, you're leading by example. When Andrew so, sent me this story, I couldn't even get through it. I was in, I, I did eventually finish it. But at first I was like, I can't, I can't finish it. This is so far from anything that I have ever encountered in my life. What the f- is wrong mm-hmm. with these people? Yeah. Like, I don't know a single person who would think that this is that not even okay. okay, but like real. You know what I mean? I think it happens all the time, and I think that mean moms were mean girls, so they think it's okay. You know, when my daughter was in first or grade... Or were they left-out girls who no. are trying to make sure no. that their daughters are not There's left out? No, because I was a left-out girl, and I would never act like that. <laughs> I, yeah, I really do think it was people who huh. were probably mean girls to begin with. And oh. We had one mom when my daughter was in first grade. There was, like, in her class maybe, I don't know, three or four girls who had sort of come together. And it, there's six, right? Keep this in mind. And two of them are already so snotty, like you just saw the <laughs> six, which is such an awful thing to say. But you know, there's some kids, you're like, yep. oh, she's going to be trouble wait till she hits 13. So they were leaving out another girl all the time. Like they had made like a table that was just them. And, and the mom went to the teacher 
and said, my daughter feels so upset. Like, she's just continually excluded by these girls. Like, she'll walk over to the table and they'll literally be like, you know, you have to go away. And the teacher said she didn't realize this was going on, whether she did or didn't, I don't know. Um, And so the teacher wrote a note to kind of the whole class. So not singling out those girls, just saying, you know, we're about everyone's friends. We're all working, you know, da, da, da. and a mom whose daughter was in that group wrote back, like, reply all, which I don't know if she meant hmm. to do, but it went to every single parent and said, I don't understand. Why can't they just be friends with whomever they want to be friends with? Why does you have to force friendship? Obviously, you don't understand because you're a bitch. Right. So then it reflect everybody was like, oh my god and she felt totally right she was like I don't think we should be forcing our children to be friends with people they don't want to be friends with there's a difference between making them be friends with people and making them be inclusive in the classroom right you know like this wasn't a parent saying I want you to invite my my daughter somewhere after school this was just saying you know don't be nasty mean girls in the classroom right and, and the teacher should be aware about it uh, aware of it yeah so one thing she did in this story was she had a graduation party and she invited the entire grade rather than the usual like you invite your friends now she obviously has a house big enough to have 150 so, oh the author the author yes, of the, the story author yeah of the story like this whole you know, which is great. And she said people afterwards were so happy about it because all the kids felt welcome. All the kids kind of hung out together mm-hmm. and it set a precedent for other people saying, oh, you know what? I should do this. Like there was such an incredible response to it. Yeah. So I wonder how much of it has to be more parent to parent of of setting an example. Like someone has to be the first to mm-hmm. say because it obviously can't just come from the school. School can't tell right. you you have to so, a party with 150 say you kids. You can't regulate who my kid can be friends right. with. Right. And also, like, 150 kids. That's a lot. <laughs> That's insane. This did not happen in Brooklyn. Right. Unless you have it at the park. Like, everybody yeah. meet at the park. Well, I mean, it was even difficult for us to invite all the girls in her class, which we did a couple of times. You know, it's like 15 or 16 people. That's 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 a lot of kids. But, I, you know, it's like everything else. You lead by example, and if you show your kid how rewarding it is to be that person, then hopefully they'll absorb it and their friends will absorb right, it. Right, because eventually they're on their own. I mean, can you imagine this mother ever explaining, hey, you know, when you get there, I know you've got your best friends and your girls, but it would be really nice if you would open yourself up to a new person because yeah. they're really nervous. And, you know, like that would be a conversation to have with your yep. kids. So I'll tell you an interesting thing my daughter's camp does. It's an all-girls camp. Every four days, they have to switch tables at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So they're oh, assigned that is seats. brilliant. And they sit at little tables. They don't sit at long tables. So they sit at small tables of like five. Mm-hmm. And then every four days, you go and you look and you have a new assignment. And they mix the girls and they mix the ages. Mm. So it's that was one of the reasons we chose that camp. Because they were sort of hyper aware of how right. girls, because it's an all-girls camp, mm-hmm. of how clicky can be. Mm-hmm. And... You can't do that at school when you have men. You can do it in a classroom, but you can't do it in like a yeah. school cafeteria, right? Cafeterias are the notorious. Mm. Every yeah. teen movie, it's the cafeteria, right? It's Mean Girls. You can't sit right. with us. It's, it is. I mean, it's a meme for God's sake. Yeah. You can buy a shirt that says it. So it is an interesting thing, and I think, I don't know. I think the only answer is that moms have to start looking at themselves and recognizing doing it. And I'm telling you, that mom who saved those seats on the bus thought she was doing something nice yeah. for that group of girls because mm-hmm. she didn't want one of those girls to show up and not have a seat not be able to friends. sit with their friends right. right so in her mind like that was saving and, and and you know what it probably happened to like her daughter hmm. probably yeah. one year she got to the camp bus late and all those girls were already sitting together and there was no seat for her 
And that's probably how it started. And her solution was the wrong solution. But you know what? Even if she had roped off those seats and said to the new girl, you know what? These are taken, but sit right behind here. Come sit back here and I'll introduce you to my daughter. Right. I have Something to say, that, welcoming? That camp should be smacked upside the oh, head. We need, to know, we need to know what campus <laughs> because is. Because that's okay. the bottom line. It yes. should never have happened. Yes. So, all right. Yeah, maybe that's the answer. Like, the people in charge need to be in charge. Yeah. And, like, one mom should not be in charge. Mom, yeah, you, well, I'm not allowed on my kid's bus. Yeah. Are you kidding? But I will tell you, they sprint onto that bus and put their pillow down and put their, because they're so anxious about getting seats. So, I don't know. I Just stop being mean moms. Um, yeah, so we're please. happy. Tell us your mean mom stories on our Facebook page. I love to hear them. And we will be right back. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about kids bop. The good, the bad, the really bad. It's all bad. <laughs> it's all bad. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Okay, so we are back, and we... (laughs) There was an article on Slate this week by Miles McNutt, which is also just a great name. It's an awesome name. Miles McNutt is just why he's stuck being an author for Slate. (laughs) I just feel like he should have some sign of talk show. Um, The article was about how conservative Kids Bop is, which I've never thought about. Um, but he goes into how they've been changing the lyrics. This is sort of on the anniversary of Kids Bop 30. Unbelievable. It That's, is the wait, 30th. It started when I was a teenager? Bop, no, I don't think it's... Oh, could have. I don't know if it's been... Oh, it's not one a year. No, no, no. Since 2000. Oh, okay. That makes me feel better. Um, so that they're just churning them out, like two a year, I guess. Well, it's like that now one, now 10, now 12. Yeah. Now, yeah. So, if you don't know what Kids Bop is, and you're listening to this podcast, I'm wondering if you have children. Um, (laughs) So, Kids Bop is a music label that remixes and re-engineers and re-records popular pop songs by popular artists with kids singing it and they sanitize the lyrics. Basically, if you think that up with people is too racy, you can you can go listen to Kids Bop. Like yeah. they take out everything. everything. So that's what this article is. They take out lipstick. Like they take out anything that could be sexual innuendo. But it wasn't they always d- like that. Yeah, it's they worse do now. now. They do now. It's gotten worse. Um, it used to just be Adults singing it. I didn't even realize this. The initial yeah, I don't remember adults that. Adults with the kids as the backup singers, and mm. it was sort of remixed and made more like kid friendly. And then they just have now. They realize they ditched the adults altogether. They have just kids just singing kids. it, which is the only way I know it. Yeah, me too. And they would sort of sanitize the lyrics, but really it was just like a jauntier, more annoying version of the and song. And like a radio edit. They right. would take out the yeah. obvious swear. Yeah, like right. the clean version yeah. of Eminem. Now, <laughs> well, I mean, Matt was born in 1999, so oh you know Kids God. Bop and Now One, Now Two, Now all of that was our repertoire. I mean, it was so cool. It was music just for kids. But, oh my God, it was awful. Yeah, so they even changed things like Taylor Swift's tight little skirt in style gets turned into favorite shirt as though the idea even favorite skirt would be too risque. Oh. 
So what happens when these kids grow up and they think those are the right lyrics and then they start <laughs> singing the Taylor Swift song and their friends are like, what is wrong with you? So I'm going to confess that I have never owned a Kids Bop CD. I never bought any. I have bought plenty of children's music for yeah. my daughter. So I'm not going to say I was anti child I loved Dan Zanes. We listened to Lori Berkner until we like mm. wore it out. Rafi. Um, Rafi Baby Beluga, we could sing Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, Bare Naked Ladies. They might might be giants. Oh, that's the one I'm thinking of. They might be giants. No, right? You confuse them because of the Big Bang Theory theme song. (laughs) It sounds like it's, they might be giants, but it's actually um, Bare Naked Ladies. So, yeah, they might be giants. We saw them in concert. So I'm all for Pete Seeger. I grew up Mm -hmm. on Pete Seeger. I grew up in Park Slope. It was like, put into your IVs, free to be you and me. Um, I'm all for kids' music. This is not kids' music. It's adult music that has been, or just sung by kids. And so I always thought it was the same lyrics. I didn't realize they changed the lyrics. I thought it was the same songs, just sung by kids in this really annoying, like, super polished, creepy way. It is creepy. It's creepy. It's very creepy. It's like if the Children of the Corn put out an album. It's, we never bought any. I never paid for any. But we got a couple in a gift bag from a blogging event. Oh, yeah, we might have gotten those. And I I don't know if those ever got listened to. I Like, I managed to kind of take... My daughter wanted them, but I think I hid them. But what we did listen to was one of the albums got given away in a kid's meal for a fast food restaurant. Uh. I can't remember which one. And because we got it in the car, it stayed in the car, and it lived in the car for, like, five uh. years. And that seems to be where kids' bop albums yeah. live, right? So when, anytime I have heard it, it's because I'm in... My cousin's minivan in Michigan, and she unfortunately was stuck listening to the stuff. Or, so here's my other theory about Kids Bop: is once you put it on, you're kind of screwed. Right? Oh, my daughter loved kids it. Loved yeah, the kids it. love it because there is it something resonates. aspirational yeah. about all of a sudden hearing a kid sing Taylor Swift. Like you know, Taylor Swift is like so out of your realm of right. possibility that you will be. But the thought that you could be a kids bop kid, mm-hmm. that there was a chance that these are regular kids like you who get to sing Taylor Swift. And they've turned into like a little mini empire. Mm. It was talking about this here and like a YouTube channel and they have all this stuff. They, they're trying to like turn these kids into little... Stars. Right now, it's like the same kids, yes. right? Like it used to just be it's a like rotating. Yeah, but now it's like the same group of kids that they're trying to make into stars. Yes, so they're Ugh. like realizing that could be very lucrative for them. Obviously, that so they could, could have other albums. So could you see someone coming on the Voice, you know, and someone says, "Are you a professional singer?" And they go, "Well, I'm the kids' bops guy." <laughs> I totally could. Why not? You get these former Disney stars. Yeah. I mean, Disney has the same factory going. So here's the rumor I heard, and I don't know if it's true. I heard the kids' bop was potentially going to be bought by Disney. Mm. And that part of the reason this ultra sanitation was going on, where now they were super, super changing lyrics, was because they were sort of prepping themselves for a sale like that. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but there was like this rumor floating around, and maybe that's just because people couldn't understand why it didn't happen. Um, they used to have a website, which was a video website where kids could submit videos. It was like um, it was a competitor to us, to Kids Views. And it was really cruel because it had this pretend message that if you left videos, maybe you'd be discovered. Uh. And they'd have auditions for the next Kids Bop Kids, and they would have the kids submit videos through the website. And no kids were chosen that way. Just like no kids are chosen from cattle calls at Broadway shows. It's all publicity stunt for the brand. 
And um, I actually think there was a Wall Street Journal article about it calling it the American Idol for kids. Hmm. And so they've built this business on this idea that you too could be could a be kid's a star. pop star singing Taylor Swift. So not even like a kid star singing your own stuff, but how cool is it to be a kid singing Katy Perry? Well, they need better marketing because my daughter, if she knew about this, would be all over it. Well, they closed it, it down. Oh, good. So that was when the rumor about Disney buying them started was like, oh, maybe they don't want to be in that business, mm-hmm. the kid video business that was a lot trickier legally. Um, but one of the things that this article talks about, which I thought was fascinating, is how strict they are with lyrics for girls' songs, but not so much for the boys' songs. Well, that's that's like everything. But it was it's kind of really creepy, actually. I want to see if I can find this part where, oh, Nick Jonas. So they were saying the conservatism is uneven. The version of Nick Jonas's Jealous on Kids Bop 28 <laughs> removes the use of hellish, but retains the notion the narrator has the quote-unquote right to be jealous of his partner. And although Andy Grammer's Honey, I'm Good is stripped of the possibility that he could quote-unquote probably have another woman that he might not leave alone. On Kids Bop 29, the song is still at its core a reminder of the gaggle of girls he would have if not for his devotion to his existing partner, whereas lipstick and skirts are too suggestive. Those themes fit comfortably in the Kids Bop value system. Yeah, it's a very conservative idea that the girls, it's the girls' job to be good. It's the girls' job to be pure. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But that's not how it used to be. That's what's so interesting, that they were saying that when they had the first one, which had Ricky Martin's Live in La Vida Locas, now you know how <laughs> long ago that was, um, Devil Red Lips and Like a Bullet to Your Brain was still there. Hmm. Um, so it's interesting. And, and even the um, Kids Bot marketing coordinator who hosted a Reddit, Ask Me Anything, which I think yeah, is hilarious. That's hysterical. Like, what are they doing on Reddit? Yeah, he said he had no idea who rewrote the lyrics and that it just, you know, that basically this has to be that they realize that they're appealing to a broader audience. It looks like super clean entertainment for your kid, right? We were just talking about making the world, I don't know, separate and special for your child so that they were socially (laughs) segregated that way. So now you can have special music that's sanitized just for you. Yeah. I bet that hits a lot of, like, Christian conservatives across the country who are the people who think we should have a Christian conservative president. I mean, that they want things to be a certain way just to – that go along with their particular values. I don't know. I think it's helicopter parenting in general. That like You know when your child starts to walk and you, like, wish the whole world was carpeted and and everything had (laughs) round corners? Yeah, round corners and everything was carpeted because you're like, oh, my God, my kid is going to just... I still feel that way. Right. (laughs) I think this is in some ways an extension of that, that, like, you are so worried that... And I'm not saying there's not a ton of over-sexualization aimed at young girls everywhere, because there is. Well, look at these dance recitals where you get seven-year-old girls in tutus singing, you know, Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again, you know, Mm. and being completely sexualized. Okay, so here, that's so weird, right? Because you know they're playing a kid's bop album in their minivan. Exactly. On the way to that dance recital. So that's what doesn't mesh with me. It's like this ultra... Somehow if it's coming from outside... It's corruptible, but if you have decided to partake in it, it's not, it's such a creepy, weird thing. And Kids Bop is like the symbol of this, of this, like wanting this super sanitized version for your kid of everything. Yeah, I just feel like there, there's a dividing line, like either something is okay for kids or it isn't, and, and dumbing it down a little bit 
doesn't make it okay. Like, either they can watch the show or they can't, but you don't cut out the one scene where, you know, somebody cheats on somebody else. Like, there are themes that run through the songs, there's themes that run through the movies, there are themes that run through the shows, and either the kid is ready for that or they aren't. Because on the one hand, kids aren't stupid. You know, they can tell that more is going on. On the other hand, when kids are at a certain age, so much is going over their heads. I mean, when I think of the, we've talked about this, we the movies that Greece. we watched, yeah. <laughs> the movies that we watched when we when we were younger, where we didn't catch any of the sexual innuendo, and it was fine, you know. So like, either they're ready for it, or it's, or they're not, or they're even past that point where it's going to go over their head. But what, what's what's wrong with a radio edit? Yeah, you just know what I mean? cut like out they, the obvious swear words. Right, they've already taken it out. And let's face it, with streaming now, like if your family's listening to Pandora or listening to Spotify, mm-hmm. it's never the family front. It's never the radio edit, right? It's always somehow the explicit version. You're, but it's because the kids aren't saying it. Because in, in Kids Bop, the kids are singing yeah, it. Yeah, Because it, it's is. fine. You can't have kids singing. Yeah, you can't have right. the, the kids singing about Unless it's lines. in a recital. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless <laughs> they're going, whoop, and like right. shaking their hips. And, yeah. yeah, but they can shake their hips with full makeup on exactly. and Exactly. You know, big feathery boas. That's okay. But God forbid the kid sings it. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, then just don't sing those songs. Or to that extent. But they want to make money. They have to include the popular songs. They have to get them in there somehow. I'm surprised. Like, Taylor Swift. I was just going to say, I wonder how they've... They have to give the rights. They have to. I would never give rights for my song to be turned into. I think it's gross. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, what do you listen to in your minivan? <laughs> I know. You know what? I will. I'm telling you, we did. We really did listen to a ton of Lori Berkner, a ton of Dan Zanes. We listened to a ton of They Might Be Giants, but we listened to mostly, but like whatever I wanted to listen to, they listened to. So my kids yeah. listened to a way more classic rock than a lot of musicals. Yeah. My lot, kids. Oh, oh yeah. my god, my kids knew all the lyrics to like Spam a lot, which you know some of them were <laughs> yeah. not kid friendly. But when we were in. Um, you know, we don't have a car. So when we would take car trips, when we'd be in a rental car, there was always like a satellite radio. And my poor <laughs> kids with the 80s station, it's horrifying to them <laughs> when your parents sing along to everything. Yeah. But we did listen to our share of Radio Disney in the car. Like it was a compromise sometimes that we would put Radio Disney on, yeah. on the, that satellite station on. I remember Radio Disney. Yeah. And we'd have I to listen to that You guys garbage. are talking about this like it's in the distant past. Uh, I had to argue with my daughter yesterday about listening to are Radio you Disney. Oh, yeah. She loves it. She wants uh. it on every time time we're in the car luckily we're hardly ever in the car so i mean it's still it's interesting it's not as bad as kids bop no because it's not no. a bunch of teeny boppers singing adult songs that's maybe the what that's what's creepy about it if it was that kids, it's kids singing yeah. you know kid songs, kids songs you don't yeah. think anything of it they wouldn't make any well money. i used to but drill my poor son on every 70s i was like who is this who is this and once we you know when we finally got a card that said who it was and what the song was i would cover <laughs> it i would get in an accident covering it who is this so he can tell you like led zeppelin jethro tell or he would say the dorks he'd always try to tease me instead of the doors it's the dorks huh and even now he knows every song well i would tell you that i know every single song from the 50s because what i listened to in the car because there was no choice your parents your regular terrestrial radio Mm -hmm. and my we listened to cbs fm the oldie station Mm mm-hmm or classical. My dad was is a huge audiophile, and so we listened. To, I listened to so much classical and opera growing up, and so much doo-wop in the car <laughs> that I and my parents were from Detroit, so a ton of Motown. <laughs> so even now, when I'm in the car, and I'll put like the '80s station sucks because they're not playing the right kind of '80s music. Um, you know, that's uh, my husband makes fun of me all the time. I'm like, I could every single yeah. one of those songs. So you know, I think. 
parents are way too amenable to their children now, and you should stick on the damn radio station mm-hmm. that you want. You're the driver, and that, yeah. and they will give them a pair of headphones it. and a little player and let them listen or to their not. own. Or not. Or suck it up. Yeah, I remember <laughs> my high school boyfriend. His mom would drive us around all the time, and she only listened to country music. Corey's mom, and, my and husband's mom, listened to love like no, the light FM. That would have been awesome compared <laughs> to country. And I remember thinking back then, when I grow up, I'm never going to make my kids listening listen to my music in the car. And then you know, I grew up and realized that the music that I liked was so much better. So of course, I made that. My kids grew up on '80s and '90s music; they know it all. But isn't that? I mean, I think that's the greater point about this whole kids bop thing. When did kids get to dictate? The, the, what you my nieces to. dictate everything. When my Ugh. when I used to drive in the car with my sister and brother-in-law and the kids, it was like, change this, change the CD. And my poor brother-in-law would be there swapping out left and right CDs. Oh and I'm thinking, why are we listening to their music? Yeah, right. Who's driving? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the crux of this whole issue, right? Why? Go listen to that junk in your room. All right, so we're going to be back. <laughs> Speaking of all this, we're going to be back with our Bites of the Week. And none of them... Not one of the kids' pop albums, I think, made the cut. (laughs) We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Okay, so we are back with our Bites of the Week. And as always... Amy's first. Amy's first. <laughs> okay. Um, so mine is a techie thing, and I'm going to warn you, I haven't used it because it's not out yet. I'm trying to get my hands on one, um, but it's not coming out until spring. But the reason that I'm talking about it now is that it's on pre-order for about half the price that it'll be sold at eventually. Is it Kickstarter? Uh, yeah, I think it is. It's called Luma, L-U-M-A, and it seems at first when you're when you're reading about it and watching the video that it's just a wi-fi extender um which i i already have i have you know we've got a very tall narrow house so we have wi-fi extenders all over the place but it's it's a lot more than that it's we've talked in 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 other podcasts about you know how you can like go into your router and turn off um certain devices and and all of that this is geared towards that and it makes it super super simple you can see very easily on the app exactly which devices are on and you can just selectively take them off you can very easily pause the internet either totally like if it's dinner time or you can just knock certain people off if you know if if they're in trouble or whatever um if you're an adult and you actually don't want to be tracked you can go into incognito mode i think that's what they call it um it just looks incredibly user-friendly for parents who want this kind of control this kind of granular control but don't want to like go into the website in the back end of their of their router um and and it looks really cool and you can get it in different colors so we'll we'll link to it and i'm going to try to get a hold of one to review it because um it just looks it they they say that it's the kind of technology that was only available to big businesses until now um, in the way that it's it's spreading the Wi-Fi around and just making it, uh, they called it surround Wi-Fi, I think. Um, so it's just supposed to work a lot better in houses with that have a ton of things connected and give you that, that kind of really easy control. Cool. Luma. We'll have to look for it. Yep. That was cool. 
Andrea? So mine, uh, you know, I think, I keep thinking, did I talk about this already? But this is a brand new product, but I may have talked about Little Bits before. I oh, love, little, love bits. little Bits. Love Little Bits, right? I mean, as a toy for boys or girls and to get kids interested in science and electronics and robotics and just for a really creative kid. And I love Legos and my son grew up with Legos and he used to have those neat, or no, I'm sorry, I used to make him have a little <laughs> Ziploc, which each, each you know, project was one Ziploc, you know, and of course he wanted to put them all together, which is the way you're supposed to do it. Anyway, Little Bits has a new kit out. It's called the Little Bits Gizmos and Gadgets Kit. It comes with everything you need to make 12 projects. Oh, wow. Booklet, instructions, motors, lights. And this is so silly, but I mean, I, I liked Legos, but these have color coding and they snap together like magnets. So you're not mm-hmm. trying to mush them together and mm. it doesn't hurt when you step on one, although I haven't <laughs> stepped on one, so I don't know. And you put them together. And so it's a really fun thing for kids to do. It's a really fun thing for grown-ups to do with kids. Um, you can, once you make your little gizmo, you attach a motor, you attach a light, and it, it comes to life, literally. So kids are making things like a remote control car that <laughs> you can drive with your phone or a mini rotating nightlight. And the light, you know, moves the thing around. I just think this is so cool. So it's if so anyone cool. needs a holiday gift for a kid, I think it's like ages seven, eight, and up. But I got to tell you, I mean, I, you could go all the I, way up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way up. I mean, yeah. I think even 14, 15, 16. Absolutely. Just the idea of inventing something and then being able to take it apart and invent 11 more things out of it is so cool. So we'll link to that. Neat. I love that. All right. So I have two. Um, the first one was on Monday. Um you know the Google Doodle every day? Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. it was Hedy Lamar, who oh. I'm like a crazy film Headley. person. So Hedy <laughs> Lamar was an old timey, you know, major movie star. That part I knew. What I didn't know was she patented the technology, which basically became Wi Fi. Yeah. And Bluetooth. I knew that. Isn't that so awesome? I had no idea. And it became during World War II. Like she helped yeah. develop she this technology. She never got credit for she it. She never got credit. And they developed this technology to help um, prevent torpedoes mm-hmm. from happening in submarines. So, on Amy's Wi-Fi recommendation, <laughs> you have to go read all about her on Wikipedia or whatever because it is one of the coolest things. And I showed my daughters. I was like, "Look at her! She couldn't have been more glamorous and more Hollywood." So unfair to be like that gorgeous and that smart. I and can't remember. Smart. Like someone had, I, I, I don't want to say CNN, but someone had. It was part of a, a show about inventors and, and she, she was, was featured yeah it's that's so where cool. i learned it and then my other one is totally frivolous but um <laughs> there was an article going around yesterday and it turns out this has been written a few times so we'll link to like the best looking one but real life places that um disney used as inspiration <laughs> for their um you know beautiful castles and beautiful and you can go to all these places and they're the most beautiful place so it's like the village in Alsace in France that is like exactly Belle's village because oh, they wow. went there the animators went and sketched and the ice um, 
hotel in Quebec where Frozen is based on, where the animators were sent for like a month to live. And that that is cool. looks like Elsa's castle. Neat. And so it's every amazing castle, village, whatever, but all over. I mean, Scotland and Brave. Mm. And, and you can see because Disney is that thorough. So I want to be that location scout. <laughs> right? What a job. The best job in the world. But you should see. So this slideshow, talk about a travel bucket list. <laughs> because it's not, no offense to Epcot. But when you are in those f- country pavilions, it is not the same <laughs> as going to the country that someone lucky enough to go to got to go. So I highly recommend cool. the slideshow and making your... And g- say the name of it adventure. again? It's called like 12 places um, that inspired Disney, basically. So okay. we'll right. put a link we'll to it. it. It's a whole gallery it. slide. And when you Google it, there's like 8,000 people have done And tell us your favorite one. Oh my goodness. I, you know, I was thinking about where I haven't been that like when you look at this, you're like, oh my God. And I think Bavaria, like the Bavarian castle that Hmm. is, um, I think Sleeping Beauty's castle or Snow Uh. White's, I can't remember. But it's this unbelievable castle up on this high, high hill. I've never been to Germany. I've never been to Austria. And like, it just looks so picture perfect. Mm. And um, I don't know, there's something about that big blue castle. (laughs) <laughs> so check it out. Um, although Scotland looked pretty amazing too, I have to say. Hmm. Um, so that is it for us today. You can find us at facebook.com slash parenting bites, B-Y-T-E-S, on iTunes, Parenting Bites. Please subscribe, rate us, review us. It helps bump us up in that iTunes algorithm. And of course, on play.it, you can find Parenting Bites and all the CBS podcasts. And tweet us, hashtag Parenting Bites. We will, we're tracking it. We'll see you. Leave us comments on our Facebook page. Let us know what you'd like to hear about. And let us know your mean mom stories. Oh. <laughs> or your kids' pop stories. Come defend kids' pop. <laughs> we'll keep you anonymous for either one. Yeah. Especially if you defend kids' pop. <laughs> Till next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.